Welcome to the Profit Cast. I'm the coach, Levi Landrigan. And I'm the player, Luke McCark. And we're here to bring you our unique perspective on local, college, and pro sports. So join us as we dive into the headlines and stories that you need to know. Well, it's a long time coming, but we're back. Here we are, your favorite podcast hosts, Levi and Luke, talking a little NFL playoff football. Let's take it away, Luke. How did you like that Bengals-Raiders game last week? So definitely the best and most interesting, most controversial, whatever adjective you want to use, uh, that was it. Um, obviously, one of the biggest moments was when Burrow was running down towards the sideline and whistle blows and he throws the touchdown pass and they count the touchdown. Uh, so did you hear a whistle? I did hear a whistle. I also, they'd cut out all other noise and you could hear the whistle. So I'm not going to take a side on that. I think it's done. Bengals won. I don't, think they're going to beat the Chiefs, so it's kind of just done for me. But. Yeah, I I really love this matchup. I, I thought it was a really fun matchup when they played earlier in the season. This was actually one of the games that Luke and I picked. Um, when they played in the regular season, Luke correctly picked the Bengals to win, and I thought the Raiders were going to get it. Um, I, I did think the Bengals were going to win this time around, but it was a little closer than I thought. And, it, and, and the Raiders made it closer towards the end of the game than it was throughout. Um, Cincinnati played pretty well, um, didn't capitalize on a few opportunities at the end of the game, which gave uh, Las Vegas some opportunities to make it closer than it was. Um, we'll definitely have more to say about teams making games closer than it should have been when we talk about the Cowboys, but that's just a little spoiler announcement for you guys. I think what the story should have been in this game was how close it was down the stretch. You know, any other game, fourth fourth down from the five-yard line, Raiders need a touchdown to send it to overtime. That should have been the story, but instead it was the – whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the, the whistle controversy. The fans often make a bigger deal of that than they ought to. I think I think all of the Vegas fans really should be very happy with the way their season went. Both of these fan bases, neither one was a preseason pick to make the playoffs. Um, I don't think either one was a midway to even three-quarters way through the season pick to make the playoffs. I remember watching um, Sunday Night Football probably three or four weeks ago and they had their big uh, scoreboard up there predicting who was going to make the playoffs. And they said that the Bengals only had a 26% chance to make the playoffs. And three weeks later, they were playing for the number one overall seed. I don't know that they even gave Vegas 12% odds. But both of these teams definitely overachieved, especially the Vegas Raiders with just all that they had to overcome with losing their coach to losing two of their players, um, lots of injuries like every team has. But – I think Derek Carr is a really great quarterback, um, and and they played really, really well this season. They definitely have something to build on. It'll be interesting to see what they do with their coaching situation next year. Do you have any thoughts on that? It'll be interesting. I do want to say uh, Derek Carr, 
I really like how down to earth he is and how self-aware he is. I saw a press conference of him. He was describing his career and when he's like way up here and he's like, let's go. And then he's down and he's like, oh, crap. So that's kind of the course of his career. And he mm-hmm. explained it perfectly. But as far as the coaching goes, I think Basachi has done a tremendous job. They've actually won ju- just as well as they had with Gruden. If not better. If I not better. Did Gruden ever make the playoffs with them this time around? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I think actually both of these two teams have an underrated candidate for potentially even coach of the year. Like there's a lot of people, but especially in the AFC, Vrabel's really good, but both of these two might be underrated candidates. I would say, so at the beginning of the year, the last time you heard Luke and I talk about coach of the year, we, we both talked about Vrabel, but we also said Cliff Kingsbury. The way that the year kind of finished out for the Cardinals, we'll get to this a little bit more later, but I think both of these coaches did a better job of motivating, rallying their teams at the end of the year than Cliff Kingsbury did with the Arizona Cardinals. And fun fact, Rich Bisaccia has never been a head coach ever in his life, even when he was at a college in Nebraska. Do you know what college it was? I do not. Which college was that? Wayne State. Really? First coaching job. He was an old wildcat, huh? That is pretty neat. Um, Question for you, Luke. Who, if you were starting an NFL franchise, who would you rather have as your quarterback, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? That's really tough. It is. I think they're pretty similar. I know you can't make a decision based off of, like, what kind of person you are. I guess you can. Kirk Cousins, It's. I'm not saying he's a bad person, but Derek Carr is just, like, I really like him. I think he's one of the most down-to-earth. He's a good Christian uh, per quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think they're both very similar, as not only as far as level of play, but also just both guys have command of the locker room. I think they really are. Um, their, their greatest quality, when you look at all the things that it takes to make a good quarterback, the thing that they both do better than throwing the ball, better than making good reads, the thing that they do the best is leading the locker room. I would say that's probably true for both of those guys. Um, so really similar quarterbacks. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Raiders next year. They, they really rallied around that interim coach, and I've heard from Derek Carr and from most of the players in the locker room they want him to stick around. So we'll see if ownership takes that into consideration or not. Yep. Let's take a look at the next game. The next game that we got to watch uh, in the NFL was not nearly as close. Uh, it was the Buffalo Bills handing the New England Patriots their biggest loss in playoff history. That was pretty crazy. I watched the first half of that game, and I was just like, holy cow. I I thought the Patriots were going to win it. They've looked so good down the stretch. The Bills have struggled so much in big games. I'm like, you know, it'll be close, but I think the Patriots are going to pull this out. By halftime, I I stopped watching that game. It yeah. was so bad. The The Bills ended up winning 47-17. to 17. Um, like I said, handing them their biggest playoff loss ever. 30-point victory for the Bills. Now, these two teams split the regular season series. They played each other twice. The Patriots won the first time, and the Bills won the most recent time. And what's interesting is that the road team won both of those games during the regular season. 
So New England came into Buffalo playing in bad weather, which favors the Patriots over the Bills. Um, and so a lot of people did. Are you yeah. going to say that, though? I mean, both of these teams have hostile climates where they play. They do. They do. But um, the Buffalo Bills are much more dependent on the throwing game, on the passing game. The Patriots, well, when they beat Buffalo, they, they only had their times. quarterback throw the ball three <laughs> times. Um, that's something that not every NFL team can do. And when the Patriots win, it's because they do small, fundamental, boring things extremely well. That's Bill Belichick's style. Nothing too fancy, nothing too flashy, but nothing that's going to be affected by the weather. And that's probably a big reason why they lost by so much. Look, Damian Harris only had nine carries. Ramondre Stevenson had eight. They combined for 57 rushing yards. It's a lot less than they normally do. One of the best tag teams in the NFL. Indeed. And I think one of the biggest stories of this is Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest coach that football has ever seen, and primarily a defensive guy who just, like I said, gets his teams to do the little things right, was picked apart by Josh Allen. Josh Allen was 21 of 25, only four incompletions on the day. And the fact that he only threw the ball 25 times just shows how much they were destroying them. Had over 300 he yards. He threw a touchdown on 20% of his dropbacks. Yeah. It just incredible what he did with this team. And he had a great day running the ball too. Six carries for 66 yards. Just incredible. He, he really is a special quarterback that – figured out what to do against the Patriots' defense. And not a lot of guys can say that they have cracked that code. And that'll be what can make the Bills dangerous is if they can get their rushing game going. They got Allen the ball, carrying it. That He looked really good. They even got Devin Singletary going a little bit. He had 16 carries for 81 yards. Singletary is a little guy. Did you see him running around he's there? He's very small. But, man, but he he's ran he's got well. a motor. Oh, yeah, he does. That was a that was a fun game to watch if you're a Bills fan, and I unless unless you live in the greater Boston area, there probably wasn't a lot of people that felt sorry for the Patriots watching this game either. That so. is true. The uh, next game that we're going to talk about in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs handed a 21 point loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, when I first turned this game on, it took me a little bit to get to it, and we had to put the kids to bed first, uh, didn't turn it on till 8.30. And at that time, it was it was 7-7. Seven to seven. I was really surprised that it was all tied up really close to halftime. Um, so I went into the kitchen and got a few things ready and then came back, and it was 21-7. to seven. And I thought, well, that was really quick. And it was just about as fast that it was over with the Chiefs walloping the Steelers with their incredibly quick-scoring offense. Um, Scoring in all kinds of ways. Patrick Mahomes having a having a good night like he normally does, throwing five touchdowns. Travis Kelsey throwing a touchdown. One of their big old offensive linemen caught a touchdown. Tyree Kill doing flips and getting yards like he does. It was the Kansas City Chiefs kind of flexing their muff, muscles a little bit. Yeah, I was I was watching the beginning of this game and I was watching TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and they're JJ. just no TJ. Yeah, sorry. TJ. And they were just stifling this offense. I'm like, wow, do the, the Pittsburgh Steelers actually have a chance at overthrowing the Chiefs? And then touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And they broke out everything. Like you said, they broke out the old 
Travis Kelsey to Allegretti pass. And I was a bit confused why they were breaking out all their trick plays before they, while they were beating down on the Steelers. Yeah, but. my wife and I were talking about that. And I think that I don't know, I won't claim to know how Andy Reid's mind works, but I do think that it was two things. I, I think, first of all, the Chiefs have had. Even though they're 12 and 5, they're the number two overall seed in the AFC. It was a down year for them. They they lost five games. Patrick Mahomes threw a bunch of turnovers. Their offense has sputtered at times, especially at the beginning of the year. They just weren't the same Chiefs. So I think there needed to be a few uh, you know goofy underhand throws, a few tight end passes, a few just fun football things to get their mojo back, to, to get them in the playoffs and say, hey, we're still the Chiefs. We're still the best offense out here. We're still going to score whenever we want, however we want. And I think the other side of it, too, is if you're scouting the Chiefs, if you're getting ready to play them this week and you start putting in defenses to guard against the tight end, throwing the ball and the guard going out on a pass and all this weird trick play stuff. That is, that is time that you don't spend remembering to double team Tyreek Hill and, uh, and, and to put a man spotting on Mahomes when he's running around and just all of those little fundamental things that you have to do absolutely right. If you have any chance at shutting Kansas city down. So maybe it was a little smoke and mirrors. Maybe it was just a little bit of, you know, shot to get their confidence back up. But that's kind of – that would be my reason for doing that if I was Andy Reid. Uh, but I, like I said, I could be off. He he didn't give me a straight answer when I asked him. Yeah, that, that definitely makes a lot of sense. It's a bummer for Big Ben that he has to exit that way, but it's remarkable that they even made the playoffs in the first place. It is. And, and that's the thing, too. When it comes to this, it is it is the NFL, and it is the playoffs, so it really is pedal to the metal. There's no being nice. There's no farewell party for anybody. At, at the end of the day, this is, this is the sport of knock you down, foot on the gas pedal. We are here to win because we are the best in the world. Now, looking at Big Ben, I, I saw a couple of fans holding a sign that I thought was really neat. You know, sometimes in this type of situation, you'll see signs that say, like, this is Big Ben's retirement party or something. I saw a few fans holding a sign that said, we'll see you in Canton, uh, which is the home of the Hall of Fame, which I thought that was just really respectful, really a, a great way to send off a great quarterback and somebody that's definitely a legend. And and believe it or not, um, the only other starting quarterback in the NFL besides Tom Brady that has multiple Super Bowls. This is true. For and now. <laughs> at the moment, I do think that the Steelers might actually be better off next year, whoever it is, whether it's whether they trade up to get Kenny Pickett or if they pick up somebody in the offseason. Big Ben was kind of on the downward slope of his career. Great career, yep. but they will probably be better off with a young guy. Great, great career, and and definitely longer than most of us thought it would be. Um, when when I was a little bit younger than Luke, so a couple, quite a few years ago, when I was a young boy, I watched Big Ben play football, and I watched him win multiple Super Bowls, and I thought that when I grew up. He would definitely be retired, and I could go play quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers when I was a rookie in the NFL. Well, not only did that not happen, but if it had happened, he still would have had five years in the league. So you could see his his career 
far outlasted the imagination of a young boy predicting it to at the time. Um, but enough of imagination and back to reality. Let's talk about the NFC. All right, how about the NFC? Luke, did you uh, did you watch the Eagles play? Who was it? Who did they have? Uh, oh, yeah, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, that's right. They're, they're pretty all right. They, yeah. They had a, a, yeah. What, a lucky game or no? No, I mean, they looked like the best team in the NFL. Like oh, they okay. are. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. So, yeah, Tom Brady was slinging around the field. They were just bullying Jalen Hurts. You know, they had some injuries. I was getting a little nervous when Werfs went down and he tried to go back in and kind of fell again. So I was a bit nervous when that happened, but I think he'll be all right. And they had some injuries coming into it. It wasn't exactly a sure thing. Chris Godwin obviously is out for the season. They were expecting Leonard Fournette to come back and be able to play running back for them. He could not. He will be back next week, as will their backup running back, Ronald Jones. So they were doing this with Keyshawn Vaughn as the starting running back. And, you know, Giovanni Bernard was our second leading receiver, who has also been out, who we got back. So that was nice. And they, the Eagles scored some touchdowns late, but it was really all Buccaneers from the start. Someday we will see – the seven seed surprise the two seed and confirm that adding a seventh team to the NFL playoffs was the right thing to do. Um, but it is not this year. It is not this year. I did not watch any of this game. I checked the score midway through the third quarter, but had a, uh, other church obligations. I was unable to watch this game, which didn't, didn't sound like much of a game. I think it was 24 to zero when I checked the score and it, uh, yeah. So congratulations to Philadelphia on on making it to the playoffs again. I don't think very many people had them preseason picked to do very well this year. New head coach, new quarterback, lots of controversy with the way that the last crew left. Um, but definitely still winning culture exists in Philadelphia, and that's what they had to build on. They still have some very talented players there. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, they like running the ball, which I like teams that like to run the ball. But in the NFL, if you want to win consistently, you need to have a passing game to go along with that as well. So it'll be interesting to see what the Eagles do this offseason, if they stick with Jalen Hurts, if they try to pick up somebody else um, as a good deal for quarterback, um, and, and to see how their coach, Nick Sirianni, gets comfortable in his second season in the NFL. And shout out to Howie Roseman. He has struggled immensely in getting good receivers, and he finally got a keeper this year with Devontae Smith. Indeed. They tried J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, didn't pan out. Jalen Rager still might pan out, but he has not looked like a first-round wide receiver so far. If uh, if any of our NFL GMs who love listening to this podcast are still trying to crack the code of finding a good wide receiver, just, just look at all of your friends that have picked somebody up from Alabama. That's kind of a, a pretty good way to do it. Those Alabama wide receivers tend to do pretty well in the next level. Um, but a lot of those guys from Ohio State playing in the Rose Bowl looks really good too. So lots of good wide receiver talent going to the NFL mm -hmm. this next year, which, little teaser, we'll tell you more about that in our upcoming NFL Draft podcast. Stay tuned for that. Yes. So we can probably move on from that game and go to Dallas versus San Francisco, which was a bit of a better game. Still wasn't exactly a walk in the park. It was a really good game. 
I I watched almost all of this game, and I I watched the CBS game on Saturday, and was a little disappointed that um, Tony Romo wasn't wasn't broadcasting for it. But then when I saw the schedule for Sunday, I thought, oh, of course, they got Romo doing the Cowboys game. You have to. I, I think Tony Romo See, is a great tough. commentator. Yeah, and Tony Romo is my favorite commentator, but you also got Troy Aikman who wants to do the Cowboys game. Right, so. right. I, I I loved listening to Tony break this one down, and it was a fun game to watch. And But the way that it ended was so weird, and it was such bad football and such bad quarterback play by both Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo. Two guys that appeared to be trying to lose the game for their own team. Why don't you break that down a little bit for us, Luke? Yeah. So for the Cowboys, it's, well, Dak Prescott has a big contract. So therefore, he is the best quarterback in the NFL. That's kind of the attitude of many. And he didn't look very good. He really didn't. Didn't play a great game and didn't put them in a position to really, they really weren't even that close until right at the end. Um, but the part that surprised me the most was the 49ers had the ball with, I think, 50 seconds left and they had it fourth down and one and they made, they were going up there to do a QB sneak and they, they shifted their tackle. And so I thought, okay, are you going to line it up and try to QB sneak this with Jimmy Garoppolo? And then their tackle starts running over to the other side. Oh, they're doing something different here. And it caught my attention. It moved me to the end of my seat. And it did that to all of the Cowboys players too. And then he runs it off to the side, gets like five yards off of it. I was like, oh, it worked. That was a brilliant play call to distract everybody with this, with this uh, pulling tackle, moving, motioning before the snap. But Jimmy Garoppolo did not wait for him to get set. And so it was a false start. And so they went five yards back and then they had to punt it, which that confused me too. Why didn't you try to kick that field goal? Because it really, it wasn't a great punt. They punted it into the end zone. And so the Cowboys had it at their own 25 yard line with 50 seconds left to go down and try to take the lead. So the Cowboys come marching along and they're passing, they're making good plays. Dak's actually looking like a valuable quarterback, making passes to the sideline, 14 seconds left. They're hitting those outside. San Fran starts guarding the edges of the field a little bit better. The middle is wide open and with 14 seconds left, Dak takes off down the middle of the field and he's running and he slides with about four seconds left. And you try to get all them big chunky linemen up there and set and everything. And the, the official has to place the ball and he hadn't touched it yet. So he is diving through there trying to make it easy for the Cowboys. He touches the football. They snap it. They don't get it off in time. Dak tries to spike it to kill the clock, but time had already run out by then. So Dak lost them the football game by, well, Dak partially lost it. It was actually a designed quarterback draw. So, so the coach, the play caller, who was then given permission by the coach, who then failed to be executed this quarterback draw with only 14 seconds left, uh, ultimately didn't give the Cowboys enough time for one more play, which they would have needed a, a heave to the end zone from 25 yards. Not impossible, but still a really difficult uh, play. But just really bad football by both quarterbacks in the last minute of the game. And I really don't know what Kellen Moore is doing there. You have CeeDee Lamb, and then you have Mari Cooper on the other side. You have Dalton Scholl in the middle. Like, Give it to C.D. Lamb or Cooper or Scholl. It's not that hard. Why would you run a QB draw there and with 
the likelihood of getting out of bounds right and as with low as it is and with Dak Prescott I mean he's a good guy but he's not Josh Allen he's not Kyler Murray if one of those guys would have took off on a QB draw there's a chance that your quarterback could have got it all the way to the end zone still don't love the play call but it would have made more sense than having Dak Prescott do it it just it just didn't seem like the right play call to me I I actually shouted at my TV they're trying to lose this game Dak what are you doing and I'm not a Cowboys fan or anything. I was just so confused that two quarterbacks, two winning quarterbacks that have been in the league for a long time, made remedial high school football mistakes, even junior high mistakes. I mean, if a high school quarterback did either one of those things, he would have been expected and held to a higher standard by his coach. I was just really perplexed that two very good, I mean, B-plus type quarterbacks in the NFL made such simple quarterback mistakes. Yeah, and shout out to my junior high quarterback, Parker Sickman, listener of this show. Um, if he does that and he motions a tackle and doesn't wait for him to get set, I know my coach is in his ear mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, it's it's stuff that you got to know. And if we have any, any other young quarterbacks listening to this show, that's something that – I mean, that's why you always see those quarterbacks look side to side right before they snap the ball. They're making sure everybody's set. That's on you. That's on the quarterback. Uh, that's why quarterback is probably the most difficult position in sports because you are in charge of so much with your team uh, and you're touching the ball on every play. So I think it's absolutely the most important position in football uh, and really in all of sports. Yeah. But can we please talk about Debo Samuel for a second? Take it away. I mean, this guy is crazy. He is a wide receiver who runs like a running back and the 49ers coaching staff has done a great job with him. They realize, wait a second, he is our best offensive player. How about we just give him the ball? Just we can run it ball. with him. We can throw it to him. It doesn't really matter. I mean, if you hand it off to him, he runs like a running back. He's him or Elijah Mitchell. He's probably better than Elijah Mitchell at running the football. And then you throw it to him. He's the best receiver on your team. Yep. Like, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Just exactly. keep giving it to him. Put the ball in the hands of your best athlete. Yeah. There was a couple of years ago I was coaching a team that had two really good running backs. And so one of them we put as fullback and the other one we put as running back. And typically the way that offense runs, the running back would get about 60 to 70% of the carries and the fullback would get 15 to 30, depending on how, how mobile the quarterback was. But the coach had us, the head coach and the play caller, had us keep track of how often the fullback would carry the ball because he needed to get just as many touches. He was just a really physical, dominant, but still very fast running back. And so we tried to – that year we tried to keep both the fullback and the running back to have about 50-50 on carries, which really made the offense more dynamic and gave both of those guys a chance to block for each other and just really play complimentary football. But you got to get the ball into the hands of your best athletes. That's just that's just simple football stuff right there. Yeah, and the 49ers have been getting a lot of praise, rightfully so. Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell have both looked very good at their respective positions. Elijah Mitchell, a great find in, in the late rounds of the draft out of the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns football program. Uh so that was a great find. I don't think they're going to beat the Packers. They're, that's a tough, tough ask, but they can give them a run for their money for sure. It'll be a really fun game to watch. 
Um, I don't know that they were super big underdogs going up against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, Cowboys have had some stuff that they've needed to figure out for a long time now. So it was it was good to see them have a good season that they put together and you know and get the number three overall seed. I know that Dak had some really high goals for this season that they fell short of. But the Niners are a legit team. They they had a bunch of injuries last year, but they are only two years removed from being in the Super Bowl. So obviously a lot of a lot of talent on that roster and a lot of smarts in that coaching staff. Yeah. We've got one last game to talk about. It was the Monday night game between the Rams and the Cardinals. And it was kind of another weirdish game. I mean, Matthew Stafford only threw it 17 times, which is great if you've got a good run game. But Sony Michelle and Cam Akers were decent, but they weren't. You just combined for 113 yards as well. Yeah, all. on 30 carries. Yeah. It, so. it was a really interesting game, and the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, they did not finish the season well. They started out hot. They were 7-0. and They were the last undefeated team in the NFL, but since then they went they went 4-7. Uh, they, they ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs. This was Kyler Murray's first playoff game. It was Cliff Kingsbury's, obviously, first playoff game in the NFL. And they started really well, but just did not finish the season well, did not play well. And Kyler really didn't even give him much of a chance in this game at all. He threw a really, really foolish pick six early in the game. He was he was getting rushed in his own end zone and was probably going to get tackled maybe for a safety. So he tries to throw the ball out, which is what you want to do if you can get it out to the sideline but he was already being tackled. So all he could do was toss it up in the air. And unfortunately for him, there was a defender just standing right there waiting to catch it and take two steps in for the touchdown. So he turned two points for the other team into seven when he made that mistake and, uh, and really did not run the ball. Well, he's an incredibly mobile quarterback, probably one of the fastest guys that we've ever seen play the quarterback position. Uh, but he but he did not have a good game. He threw two picks, no touchdowns, um, and really didn't only only had six rushing yards, only two carries, and he really should be carrying the ball ten to fifteen times a game, if if you ask me. And if he's only getting two carries, that's partially on him for not getting out of the pocket more, but that's also on the coaching staff. You got if Indeed. he's not getting out of the pocket, you've got to. Give him some designed runs. You got to utilize your weapons. You got to do what you're good at. Now, now maybe he was banged up. Maybe there's something going on that we didn't know about. But, but this game really was never close. Um, and the the kind of the star of this game was Odell Beckham Jr. He he had a good game. He threw a really good pass. He made some good catches. A lot of people thought back when he was in Cleveland earlier this year that his career was on the downhill and was pretty close to over. But he is trying his best to show people that it is not. Um, yeah, he's, he, he had a really special game. Yeah. So that is it for the games that have already taken place. But how about the games coming up? Should we start with uh, the old Bengals-Titans matchup? Yes, we finally get to see the, bang, or the Titans with their star running back, Derrick Henry, coming back. We haven't seen Derrick Henry since, I think, was it week, week eight that he went down with an injury? It was about halfway through the season, and he is he is the soul of their team. He is a big brute that is faster than just about anybody else out there. 
And so truly a, a, a game changer. But the amazing thing about the Titans is they lost him halfway through the season and they still wound up with the number one overall seed. So I think I think Mike Vrabel absolutely has to be coach of the year. I agree. We talked about, you know, Taylor and Bisaccia, but I think at the end of the day, what Vrabel did without one of the probably top five players in the NFL right now yeah. is just incredible. It really is. And and when you look at where the Titans were a few years ago, I think that's one of the biggest credits to both Pisacci and, and Zach Taylor is looking at their teams previously and what they've done to coach them to where they're at. Three, four years ago, the Titans were not a good football team. And even the last two years, they were in the playoffs, sure, but they were a one-and-done-in-the-playoffs type of team. And a lot of people thought they were going to regress again this year, that maybe Derrick Henry would have a bad year, um, and then that would result in them probably missing out on the playoffs. But instead, number one overall seed, half of the season without their far and away best player. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that so far, just about every team, the better quarterback has won the game. That may not be the case here, because I would definitely say Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Um, but I but I don't know. I, I would have to say that the smart money would be on Tennessee being well-rested, having the bye, um, and the ground and pound keeping Joe Burrow on the sideline, but but we'll see. We'll we'll get a, we'll get a chance to see how healthy is Derrick Henry, how ready to play is, are these Tennessee Titans. Sometimes a week off can be a hard thing to come by if you're you know get a little rusty, and some of these guys even rested in the re last regular season game. So two two to three weeks off for a few of these guys. We'll see if they can break the rust off and and keep playing quality football. Yeah, I am giddy about watching this game. I'm so excited. You know, Jamar Chase, one of the best rookies this game has ever seen, at receiver at least. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got to see Derrick Henry come back. And honestly, losing him might not have been all as bad as it sounds. They got to get extra practice just giving it to A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, who are phenomenal receivers. They actually have a very underrated receiving core, I believe. And they even got some of their backups going in case, you know, he's not 100% and mm -hmm. he gets hurt again. You know, you can at least to some extent count on McNichols and Foreman to, you know, do their job. Yeah, indeed. So this, so this is the game that's at 3.30 on CBS for anybody that wants to catch this game. Um, but the, uh, the next game. On Wait, do we want to pick this one now or do we'll, we we'll, we'll do all game? our picks at the end. All right. We'll do all our picks at the end. The, uh, the next pick or the next game that day, um, is San Francisco Green Bay. And this, uh, this could be a really exciting game or it could be a really ugly game. I'm hoping it's an exciting game, yeah. but uh, again, this is a one seed facing the lowest remaining seed. The Green Bay Packers have not played in a while. They could be a little bit rusty, um, but then again, it could be it could be that old Aaron Rodgers got a week to nurse his toe back to full strength, and he is ready to come out all cannons blazing and prove um, that he's one of the best throwers of the football that the league has. So it'll be interesting to see how this game goes. I, I would definitely say that in this game, the Packers have the better quarterback between the two teams. Um, and, and just the, the team that has demonstrated throughout the season that they are, you know, they win 13 games, three years in a row. They got something special going on there in green Bay beyond just the fact that they have 
one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, this is interesting. This is going to be really big on the Packers defense. This 49ers offense, we talked about how great Debo Samuel is. Downside is they're a bit one-dimensional because if they can stop Debo Samuel, they can stop the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell and Brandon Ayuk can't pick up all that dead weight if they're stopping Samuel. So if they if they Packers are able to shut down Samuel, it's going to be over in a hurry and it's going to get ugly quick. And if the 49ers want a chance to win this game or even be in this game, they have to shut down Devontae Adams because Aaron Rodgers is an incredible quarterback, but whenever he's been in a pinch all season long, he just throws the ball up to that guy. And I have been yelling multiple times to teams that are in a really close game against the Packers because they've been in several close games. It's like, why don't you double up Devontae Adams on fourth and long when you're down in the red zone, when you know that's who he's going to go to? But, man, to his credit, Devontae Adams can get wide open. And to his credit, Aaron Rodgers can put the ball right in his hands just about every time. Those two have matched up for a lot of points for the Packers this season. Yeah, it's really frustrating when you're playing against the Packers. And, you know, you think they have everything shut down and then they somehow find a way to get it to Devontae Adams. He is a really good receiver. But... Yeah, this is going to be really interesting if Debo Samuel and the Packer, or in, excuse me, the 49ers defense can rally the troops. If they can't, it's going to not be very fun to watch. Yes. So dangerous game for the for the Saturday night one. And that's on Fox, 7:15. Yep. And then on three o'clock on Sunday at on NBC is going to be of course, my favorite matchup to watch, the Rams and the Buccaneers. Quick clarification, that's 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Yes. Continue. Um, so the Buccaneers, you know, if they had everybody healthy, they would be probably the pretty clear favorites, I would say, even though the Rams did beat them at the beginning of the year. The Buccaneers are going up, and the Rams – haven't looked like they were that much better than they were at the beginning of the year. But it's going to be really interesting. It's The Rams are a lot different than the Eagles. Um, if they can stop Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski, there's kind of a drop-off after that. You've got a – Tyler Johnson is great at getting open, but he's not very good at catching it or doing other things not involving getting open. So <laughs> – um, That'll be interesting. And then the Rams are going to be riding and dying on Stafford. They've got great talent around him, all around in their receiving core. Their defense has gotten a lot better. Aaron Donald is a freak of nature. And it's going to be on Stafford in the end of the at the end of the day. If he plays like a good quarterback, these Rams might win the Super Bowl if mm-hmm. he's playing really good at the quarterback position. But he didn't look that great. I mean, he only threw it 17 times against the Cardinals. Yeah. Matthew Stafford is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch. And I feel like he is a more talented version of Derek Carr, where he can have some really high highs. He has just an incredible upside where he can do just amazing things. And he is a gamer. He will go out and do anything he can to propel his team to victory. 
but he has some low lows too. The last last week was his first playoff victory of his career, and he's not a young puppy. So really, uh, really interesting to see how he'll do in this situation. A lot of pressure, um, a long flight all the way from Los Angeles across the country to Tampa Bay. When they beat the Bucks, it was at home in SoFi. If they do get a chance to make it all the way, they are hosting the Super Bowl. And only one time before have we had the home team win the Super Bowl. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to uh, to this matchup. Definitely a fun one to watch for the NFC here. And if you're the Rams, you wish Matthew Stafford had a little bit more experience with this kind of talent around him, even in the playoffs. Yeah. Like – He's used to being the quarterback of the Detroit Lions where he has to do everything because he doesn't have very much talent. Going back to Megatron, that's the last time he's been able to just, mm-hmm. you know, give it to Cooper Cup. Yep. Give it to the best receiver in the game. I, I heard someone say that over half of the pro bowlers that Matthew Stafford has played with in his career are on his team this year. Yeah. Which is insane. Just the just how much better of an organization the the LA Rams are than the Detroit Lions as far as talent and um, organizational chaos or lack of chaos. Um, but yeah, I mean the Rams have definitely been building towards this. They make a lot of noise in the off season. They move some really big pieces around. But when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, you got to win this game. You got to beat the defending champs if you want to go go be the team that hosts the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, we got one more game to preview, and that is Buffalo, Kansas City. This could be a really special game. Um, Like we said earlier, Josh Allen just absolutely obliterated the big foe of the New England Patriots. And Patrick Mahomes is consistently one of the most electric and exciting quarterbacks that the NFL has to offer. So this will be a fun game to watch. This has a chance to be one of the highest rated games of the weekend, if not the year. They're hyping this up as this great quarterback battle, which it is. These are two young stars that have, they're just a lot of fun to watch. They have a lot of tours in their tools in their arsenal. Patrick Mahomes can throw it with either arm at any angle. Josh Allen can run over you, through you, juke you out of your socks, and throw the ball a country mile. This this is going to be a fun game to watch when you're looking for good quarterback play. When I'm looking at this game and I'm hearing the hype, I don't buy it. I mean, I think the Chiefs, they had a rough start. But I think they're just better at all facets of the game than the Buffalo Bills. Defense, you know, the Bills might have the upper hand. But the Bills don't have Travis Kelsey. The Bills don't have Tyreek Hill or, heck, well, they have Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox. But Tyreek Hill is better than Stephon Diggs, and Travis Kelsey is better than Dawson Knox. The Bills have struggled in big games. Chiefs have to some extent, too. And we're going to see if it's been the Chiefs kind of beating up on some bad football teams or if they're for real like they were last year. Indeed. These two teams, like a lot of our matchups that we've already talked about, have played each other already. 
in the regular season, the Buffalo Bills beat the Kansas City Chiefs 38 to 20. So they definitely have the ability. It's uh, to see if that was just an early season hiccup, if that wasn't the same Chiefs that we're seeing today, um, or if Josh Allen and uh, Bills Mafia has, has put something together up north that can actually be sustainable and continue to win and be some of the best teams that Buffalo has ever had. So those are your game previews. Now let's get into a little bit of game predictions. So the first game, again, 3.30 on CBS, Cincinnati, Tennessee. Luke, who do you got? Honestly, this is the hardest game for me to pick. It's, you know, the Titans seem like the obvious pick. They've got Derrick Henry back. They've been great all season, even without him. But the Bengals are just so talented. They've got some injuries to overcome. That's going to be the big thing that hurts their chances. But, man, I really don't know. They they do have Trey Hendrickson back. He is yes. activated and fully healthy. So that's a big boost to Cincinnati getting their big man on the defense coming back. I gotta pick the Bengals. Oh I mean, man, seriously. Luke's taking the Bengals. In the, it's he's just you know Derrick Henry hasn't played in a long time. How are the Titans? Are the Titans gonna be able to get him the ball? Like, do they know how to use him properly? I mean, they've had to throw the ball a lot more. You know, will they be able to just fall back on Henry when times get tough? Well, I really do like that pick, but I'm going to have to go against you. I'm going to pick the Titans. I, I really do think it could go either way. I think the Titans are a better team. Um, I think they have the better offensive line, and ultimately that's what wins a lot of football games. But Cincinnati has the better quarterback, and that wins a lot of games too. But I don't know. Cincinnati, they're – when, when they're throwing the ball and they're doing really well and they're playing like they have in this last reach, recent stretch, they're really hard to beat. But if, if Tennessee's defense can get all over Joe Burrow and make him make a few mistakes or just, or just slow him down enough, find a way to do it, I think, it's, I think it could be Tennessee. And the way they run the ball, they could make him a spectator in this game. So I'm going to pick the Titans. Now let's not forget about the other Joe on the Bengals, that is Joe Mixon. Who is also no slouch. He's a that's true. He's a pretty darn good running back. He too, is a good so running back. They're the Bengals are not exactly one dimensional. For sure. So yeah, I've kind of talked myself into it. The Bengals just with the talent around them and maybe if Derrick Henry's played like say three games, two games, maybe even one game before this, I think I'd take the Titans, but with him, his first week back after being out about 10 weeks yeah. total, um, I don't know how well they'll be able to utilize their weapons, so I'm going to take the Bengals. I like that. I think, like I said, I'm, I'm going to really enjoy watching this game. I'm going to be happy with whoever, whoever wins this game. But the Titans have found a way to win without Derrick Henry. And when you when you add somebody back that he could have been healthy enough to play two weeks ago, and so essentially he got two more weeks of rest on a on an already healthy toe, and as fast as he rehab, 
and the type of guy that he is and the production that he's put out, you just kind of can assume that he's the type of guy that's, you know, he's not going to sleep in when it's time to do a workout. He's going to show up and he's going to be ready to work. So um, I, I think I think the Titans are the smart pick in this one. I'm going to use the L.A. Lakers method and say, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you <laughs> throw it together at the last second, you don't win the championship. That is something that the Lakers have done more than once. Yep. Let's move on to Packers 49ers. Who do you got, Luke? I mean, you got to take the Packers in the end of the, at the end of the day. 49ers can make it interesting, but they're not playing the Cowboys anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. this Packers defense should be able to stop Debo Samuel, which means, you know, how are they going to be able to win when Debo Samuel isn't playing like an MVP? Mm-hmm. I got to take the Packers. Just they're more – well-rounded. I, I would have to agree with that pick. I picked the Niners to beat the Cowboys, and midway through the fourth quarter, they were really scaring me. I thought that not that Dallas was going to come back and win the game, but that San Francisco was going to find a way to lose that game. And they tried, um, but the Cowboys just tried a little bit harder to lose and ultimately were the losers. Uh, so I just I don't, I don't think that they can beat Green Bay. I think Green Bay is just another level better than Dallas. Uh, so I, I would have to give the nod to the Packers. Next game, we got Buccaneers-Rams. I think I know who Luke's taken. Um, and for the sake of just kicks and giggles, I think I'm going to take, take the Rams. And, and here's, my, here's my reasoning for this. I never got to say earlier in the season, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to repeat, in part because it is so hard to build a championship team. It is winning the championship is the ultimate goal, but also the hardest thing to do in sports. And you have to do everything right on your own, but you also have to have a bunch of other things aligned for you as well. Um, and I think that that Tampa Bay did a lot of things well last year, but I don't know that all of them will be able to go their way again this year. I I think that the Rams, they've really been pushing for this. I think maybe this is their time, and I think think the Rams are going to win this one. Yeah, I obviously don't agree with that. You know know I'm going to be – after the Buccaneers win this game, I'm going to be wearing in my Buccaneers hat, shirt, sweatshirt, Gronk socks. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but yeah the x factor this whole postseason this game potentially beyond is the chris godwin injury i mean that man is a really really good player mm-hmm. and how are they going to be able to function without him we're going to see they've obviously got a lot of talent a little bit less with that locker room problem of theirs um but yeah I I think that they have enough to get it done with Gronk and Evans. Brady's one with less for sure. For sure. Well, what about the old AFC quarterback battle? I think I know who you're picking in that one. I don't think this game is going to be close. Honestly, the Bills are a good team, but the Chiefs are better. I think they're going to win it. I think it'll be close. I, I do think that... Kansas City has reawakened from whatever slumber they were in earlier this year, and I, I do think they are the better team. But I don't think that I, – I don't know. I when, I when I got done watching 
the Super Bowl last year, I really didn't have a great feeling that either team was going to make it back, and I still kind of feel that way. But I don't know. I mean, when I look at the four teams in the AFC, Kansas City looks like the strongest of those four. But really, I could see a situation where any of those four teams make it to the Super Bowl. But in this game, I, I think Kansas City is the smart pick over Buffalo. Um, maybe give maybe give uh, maybe give Buffalo one more year. Um, they they definitely had some some low times this season. Uh, they they only went eleven and six when really they could have been a lot better than that. They've made just some dumb mistakes throughout the season. So they're they're not perfectly well rounded themselves. Um, so I think when it comes down to it in this type of situation, when you're both Pretty pretty fair match, I would say on on uh, talent. Then uh, then it goes back to experience, and the Chiefs just have one more of these close, late cold weather playoff games. And it's at Kansas City, which there's not a ton of home field advantages, but Arrowhead is definitely one of them. Yeah, when you look at this whole bracket, I didn't really expect necessarily to think this, but uh, now. Now that you're here, I'm looking at the bracket and just kind of playing it out in my mind, and I think it will be Buccaneers-Chiefs at the end. I mean, obviously, I think I picked the Bengals to beat the Titans, and the Chiefs, if that if everything plays out like I picked it, Chiefs are just all together quite a bit better than the Bengals. Tampa Bay versus Green Bay will be fascinating to watch and then ultimately I think it'll play into the Buccaneers beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We got a lot of great football ahead of us. I'm I'm excited to watch all of these games. And honestly, I would I would feel comfortable putting a very very small amount of money if I was forced to wager. I would feel comfortable putting a small amount of money on seven of these eight teams. I, I do not think that San Francisco quite has enough talent to make a quick run for a title, but I think any of the other teams could, I, I could see it play out where any of these other teams could at the end of the season be holding up that silver Lombardi trophy. I'm not going to argue with you. That is very fair. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but remember God made you special and, and he, he loves, loves you, you very much. much. Bye.